Hello and welcome to episode 214 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now today's episode is the first in a four-part series of episodes dedicated to the incredible 2000 Trees Festival. I was lucky enough to attend this year's festival after the festival has been put on hold for two years due to Covid and I can safely say it's the best festival that I've ever been to. From the moment I got there, I felt part of a family. I felt like I was never being judged and just the atmosphere and hey, we've had the best sunshine I think I've ever seen at a festival for the last three days. But everyone was so grateful and it felt like a huge celebration of having that incredible experience of live music again, especially in a field, especially with drinks and especially with friends. And honestly, I can't be prouder of these interviews. And on today's episode, I'm joined by the amazing Can't Swim, Fox Jaw, and to top it all off, Stick to Your Guns. Three absolutely amazing bands, and between all the specials that I'm going to be bringing out, there's something for everyone. There's lots of different genres, loads of different bands, and loads of different conversations, and I'm so happy with how these have all come out. So I think the best thing to do now, and this is a returning guest for Mark and me, is to bring you the interview with me and Can't Swim. I'm joined by Chris Laporto and Danny Rico, and just to sit down and do face-to-face interviews again, especially since lockdown and relying so heavily on Zoom, honestly, the difference that you hear is just remarkable. So here's me and Chris and Danny talking all things Can't Swim. Can't Swim, thank you for joining me in the flesh this time on the Mark and Me podcast. No problem. It's so good. Normally we are so used to doing it on Zoom. I think this is our third time of meeting. That's right. But we're here in the flesh. It doesn't seem real. I think there's a bit of me that's like, is this is this really happening after yeah. COVID? You thought I was just maybe putting a hologram on I the did. Zoom. Yeah. I thought you were doing the whole ABBA thing and I thought, yeah. my God, is this, is, this <laughs> is this real? But welcome back. Thanks for having us. How does it feel after two years of this festival being cancelled, mm. this whole mentality that maybe Can't Swim won't do another show? You make That's That's right. That mentality is real. Does it feel unbelievable just to be let off again and being here? Uh, I would say unbelievable. Very happy to be here. Uh, had a blast the last time we played. Uh, I guess we didn't stink it up too bad that they invited us back. That's and, always promising. Right, and we're looking forward to playing. I uh, did five shows leading up to this in your beautiful country, and it's been lovely. I've been following you on Instagram this week, and I was, like, tired just watching the stories. Never mind you doing these shows. Yeah. Are you guys exhausted? Because I've seen you play. It was at Manchester, I think. You've been, you're playing all these different places. And oh, I'm yeah. like, it's a lot in a week. It is. There's no sleep on tour. No. Just about ever, you know. I think that's something you accept straight away. <laughs> Near a week, I've slept maybe three or four hours. Yeah. So <laughs> how do you prepare yourself for a festival on no sleep? Well, apparently this vocal zone thing you gave me is going to have me singing like Adele, baby. That's vocal zone available now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, get, <laughs> let's get an endorsement deal while we're sitting here. Other than that, we practice for, I think, a whole day. Just maybe two or three hours. Uh, and then we flew over. The airlines brought half of our equipment safely, and we're going to do a good job. 
being on a lineup like this, when you're looking at the tour poster and you're seeing all the lineup, and you've got bands like Thrice, who for me are one of the best bands of all time, Jimmy Eat World, some incredible bands. Is it incredible just to see it with yourselves on there amongst these? They're legends. They've been going 20, 25 years now. It's insane. Uh, yes. It's also insane to me that those bands have been going that long because I've been listening to them for that long, which means me and Danny are old as well. But it gives me hope because if we continue this band for 25 years, I'll be somewhat in my 60s. Wow. 2,000 Trees is going to just say, Chris, you have to stay home. You're too old. But uh, no, it's amazing. Yeah, I saw it thrice a couple months ago. Danny and I are big Jimmy Eat World fans. So yeah, uh, very honored to play amongst legends, like you said. And do you get nervous for a show like this, or do you just think to yourself, I'm going to kind of cherish the moment and just absolutely give everything? You know, I think, I think it all happens so fast. You get here, you play the show, and... You do the best you can to enjoy the moment, but at the end of the day, you sort of look back and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> and I mean that in a good way, you know? Yeah, for sure. Luckily, we grew up in an era that has cell phones and cameras, because sometimes, like you said, we haven't slept in a while. Today's a blur. But tomorrow, when I see it on my telephone... And we'll be like, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> You're going to listen back to this interview and be like, I don't even remember recording this. this. Who what the is fuck this is this? Yeah. Was that Vocal Zone or was that <laughs> something else? <laughs> You're going to have the best weekend of your life. And we're going <laughs> to sell you the rest for 50 pounds. That's how it's going to go. And what have you guys got on for the rest of this year? I mean, are you trying to just to basically make up for lost time and get out there now and just sh play as many shows? Because for two years you were held back. Uh, that would be ideal. We've done a few tours since... Uh, COVID has calmed down. We're in the process of recording an album. Uh, no plans for UK or Europe just yet, but hopefully we get to come back very soon. Um, and you just said new album. Talk to me about that. Are you in the process of just writing these new songs at the moment? Pretty much writing it, but kind of the way we do it, we're so like self-contained. Danny records all the records, so the writing sometimes will just kind of be the end version anyway. Uh, so it could be done very soon. Or if I stink it up, it could be done in six months. Who knows? And with that DIY approach, <clears throat> talk to me. Tell me about it. So is it the fact that you don't have that studio and kind of label interference? Is it nice that you can do it how you want? Do you get to, you know, make the album that you guys are so proud of without someone coming in and saying, you need to make this poppier. You need to make this chorus a bit more radio friendly. Do you do what you want to do? Totally. Yeah, we were very lucky to start the band that way. Danny and I recorded our first EP by ourselves and uh, Pure Noise has always kind of pushed us to do that because they like what we kind of come up with and uh, I guess it's like a why well, fix it if it's not broken approach. So this record will be back to basics. Dan the man on the boards, the rest of the Can't Swim guys bothering him until we get it right. <laughs> do you feel the pressure for that? Um, Pressure? I don't think so. I mean, kind of like what Chris was saying, it's the way we started and it's the way we feel the most comfortable. And going on what you're saying, it, it does feel reassuring to know that our label was happy with that in the beginning and, you know, we're going to just explore that once again and keep, keep doing that. That's what worked. That's what made us happy. That's what the Can't Swim, people that listen to Can't Swim seem to enjoy. So let's just keep doing that. Has there for you both been a kind of shift in your mindset that when you come to play a show now, 
you never take it for granted because of COVID, because of two years off. Do you now relish even more and think, I'm going to fucking put the best show on because there might be a point where we don't ever get to play again? Certainly. I think COVID, I think a lot of us are going through different life changes. We're getting older. The world is a crazy place. I think I personally have uh, learned to savor it more than ever. Um, every time we come over here, I'm like, this could be the last time. So, you know, I, I try to make the most of it. I feel like we've all been good at that, <clears throat> even in the beginning of the band, because we've been in bands yeah. that nobody ca- cared about, or, you know, we never even dreamed to go to a different country and play our music. So Cancer has always kind of felt like a little prize, but now more so than ever, like the things you mentioned. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Tonight could be the last night. Uh, who, who the hell knows? Imagine, I've just captured that. Yeah. This is the last interview of Can't Swim for the last that ever show. VH1 behind the music. There we we had it here. I t- oh, we just knew <laughs> at the moment we were sat here that it was going to be special. But I don't want to be the reason that it all ends. But um, one thing I do on this podcast, and you will know this from coming on, is I ask the guests to choose the outro piece of music. It can be any band, any song, but there's two of you. So we might have to do like a rock, paper, scissor, yeah. toss a coin. What's your perfect outro song for today? It can't be Can't Swim, that's too much. You can't plug yeah. your own band. What's a band that mean a lot to you or a song or a piece of music that you want to close today's interview on? Let's have, let's have two and then we'll fight for it. I would say um, the artist is named Dean Summerwin. Dean Summerwin. D- Dean, yep. D-E-A-N. Summerwin. Summerwind. Wow. And the song is called Parked Out by the Lake. Right. If you could play that at the end of this, I think it'd be a good summary. Have you got one, or are you happy to go with that? I have to be honest, that's precisely the song I was going to choose. Oh, nice. This is good, because I've not Just heard it. get along. I've not heard this, and what the best part is, is then I normally discover a new artist, and I'm like, oh my god, I now need to listen and download everything they've ever done. I think you're going to really like this one. Yeah? I can't wait. Guys, it's been a long time coming, and we're sat here today. The sun is now shining on us, and it just feels like a real celebration. This feels like the perfect size festival. It feels like a family, and I just hope it goes so well for you guys tonight and just for the rest of the time. It's, it's, it's such a pleasure to have you back. Thanks, man. appreciate it. Vocal Zone. Thank you so much. Vocal Zone. <laughs> So, interview one, there we go. What a great start. The amazing Can't Swim. Chris and Danny, so good to have them back on the podcast. And this time round, it was face to face. We're sat at the festival, the sun is shining, and honestly, everyone's spirits are so high. And you can hear it on the recording. So a massive welcome back to those guys. If at this point you've heard that little bit of snippet at the start and thought, these sound awesome, go and check them out. They're an amazing band, incredible live And honestly, some of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. So again, thanks to Chris and Danny for coming on this special. Next up, we have Bristol-based Foxjaw. This band, for me, are phenomenal. Foxjaw are one of the best live bands out there. I was lucky enough to see them a few years ago supporting Black Peaks, and I've been a huge fan ever since. 
Their performance of 2000 Trees was just unbelievable and they're going to go on to even bigger things. So I'm so glad that I'm joined by the amazing Danny Garland today. And this interview is just full of all random stuff, but I absolutely love it. So here's me and Danny talking all things Foxjaw. Danny, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. That's no problem at all. It's lovely to be here. It's a nice day as well. The sun's just come out. It's about time though, isn't it? It is about time. Well, well I'll tell you what, is that a Jamie Lee Curtis t-shirt you're wearing? It is. That is very cool. Are you a fan? Brilliant. Halloween, what an absolute classic amazing. film. Amazing. Unbelievable. Like, absolutely amazing. The original Halloween is just like... John class. Carpenter is the master of horror for do a you reason. Know, do you know what? The thing though. The Thing is my second favourite film of all time. Literally, like, I watched that film about, like, 20, 30 times. I yep. just, like, I just, it's one of those films, like that, and 28 Days Later is another one. I just, I just stick them on and just indulge in it. It's just such good filmmaking, you know. I think Kurt Russell's performance as McCready, every single time I see something else he does, and it might just be the way he's sipping some whiskey, the way he's playing Chess Wizard. He is an unbelievable actor. You know, Windows found a shred of lounge jars and a name tag on him was missing. Well, right, should we just talk about the thing for an hour? I mean, what, fuck all this music, you know what I mean? But what an absolute masterpiece. It is oh, he's absolutely just, incredible. He's like a, a real role model to me. He to is. I look at Caruso and think, if I can be like that, then I you've done well. <laughs> but you are here right now with Foxjaw. I yeah. remember the first time I saw you guys was at Milton Keynes. Um, oh. What's the venue there? I think, were you supporting Black Peaks? Would that That's be a right. gig? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think we're banned from that venue. <laughs> it's a pub, I can't remember yeah. the name of it. Um, um, what is it? I got, honestly, I can't remember what I had for tea, so I'm, yeah. I'm not uh, probably the worst person to ask. But it was a pub um, and out the it's back. It's a wicked venue. It's it a wicked really venue, massive hole. Yeah, we uh, we stayed overnight, and I we ended up going to a house party after the gig, and then we got home, and then me and Alex ended up smoking like in a room, and we got told off, and then we got banned. So. Oh, no. I was a bit naughty, really. You were very good that night. I'm not just saying really good here. Beat, Fucking really great. good beat. You and Black Peaks. That was a bad night. Brilliant together. Oh. Oh, that was, yeah. I, do you know what? I miss that band. It's I a do. real shame that um, it happened, do you know what I mean? But and it always felt like the luck was against them. Like, they got this big tour, then Will got ill. Then they announced that they're going to support a perfect circle. And you're like, oh, wow. And then it got cancelled. And then they go to Europe. And, it, and it's like, they're yeah. just cursed. Yeah. It's, um, the thing is, it is hard being in a band. Like, yeah. Uh, even at, even at, they're, a lot, they're a lot bigger than us. But even at their level, like, it's not an easy route. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, 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 life gets in the way. Do you know what I mean? It's not... It's not the days of the bloody eighties, the seventies, where you got like all this money behind you, and you can people don't people buy got full time jobs. You know I mean? People I mean? won't buy records yeah. anymore. So I don't blame them. Um, but it's a shame because they were a fantastic band, unbelievable, a brilliant band. We when we were, when we were, like open up from every night, we were just watching them side stage, just like how are they this good at what they do? Like they're all just like so talented. Like Liam's amazing drummer, Joe's guitar work, and we're, like Will as well is is. His vocals were just like... His scream, but then the way he can hold a real he, high classical mode. Do you like want to know how he does it? Go on, then. He's a sax player. There you go. He's got massive lungs. That's the secret. If you're listening yeah. right now and you want to be a good vocalist, take up the sax. Yeah, well, it's true. It's like... 
If you're if you're a saxophonist, you got a big lungs on you, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Because you're pushing out all that air. So talk to me about how you basically got to be the person you are today. Tell me about those first records you bought that you fell in love with that made you want to be in a band. Well, I grew up when I was younger, sort of listening to like Johnny Cash and country music. Cause my dad, my dad's a bit of a like old school like country rock and roll kind of guy. So I grew up with like Eddie Cochran and all that kind of stuff. And then I got an Eminem through school and I started listening to Eminem. And then I, I got given at the skate the local skate park the first Slipknot album, and I took it home and I remember putting it on and feeling this like energy inside of me. Um, there's a lot of like there was a lot of e- like energy inside of me, anger and frustration, and and it really helped me channel it in some way. And I remember a moment, and I I I got a terrible memory, but I remember thinking when I was listening to that album, going, I want to be in a band, and I don't care if I'm at the back, if I'm at the back, just like they're like fucking tapping something. I just want to be on the stage. I want to be a part of it. And then, uh, so I started a band, and then it all, and now it's great. But it was years, you know, it took us years to get to where we are now. We, we were doing this since we were like kids. Do you know what I mean? They like, we've been doing this for a long, long, long time. How, how so. do you find the resilience to keep on going? Like the setbacks you get, having people having COVID in the world, basically not allowing bands to do what they do for two years. How do you keep going thinking, fuck it, another obstacle, we're going to jump over it and hopefully the festival will happen next year. No, another year. You must be well, fucking it nearly, it hard nearly, work. Um, it did nearly, I mean, it would never stop it. There was a part of me that was just like, why do I want to do this anymore? Do you know what I mean? Like, I was working and I was like making some money and like I'd got into a rhythm and a routine of normal life and you forgot what it means to do what we do and then we get and start doing our first couple of shows again and it's like well this is what I do it you know um, it's, it's not a choice it's, it's, it's who we are it's our life you know this I, I like to create albums it's my favourite thing I love playing live as well but I love making records if I had if, if I had my way I'd make like two albums a year and just fucking show you know I me mean? that'd be my job I love creating it's like for me it's like being a filmmaker or whatever like I want to make great rock albums or like landmarks in, in British music so that's my my task you know, so you've been life. going a long time and you said you have no you know thoughts of ending it do you think you could just be this band that keep going for another 20 years yeah yeah even if we were doing this i think we'd still do it we, we, we connect together as mates like fucking hell the sun i know it's nice it. isn't it it's timing like, literally like you've got a hat on you're wearing all black i know i took that off there you go is that better get a bit of sun dye on my hair get it nice and blonde like <laughs> get some sun in yeah how was it today then yeah it was good like it was yeah, it was amazing to be fair. It was it was the first time we've ever done a show at like that early in the morning on the main stage. Um bit of a nightmare when my bass string broke in the first song, like my, my E string broke in that the first song. That never happens either. I know, ever. I've so ne- you literally you never ever had that in my entire career playing music for a, a bass string. Like the main your E string to break in the first song was, was That's a hell of a thick string to break. Yeah, yeah, I did slam it down in that first hit though. Well, I was passionate, you know, I was feeling it. Did you even have a backup? I mean, Yeah, did, I had a backup, yeah. I've never yeah. even considered bringing one as a bassist. You I'd be like, I'll be fine. Yeah, but that's the problem. You get caught cool once, you won't do it again. <laughs> I've had that happen before <laughs> as well. You always got to have a backup, no matter what. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, a tool, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You hit a string, it might break. <laughs> it's true. Um, it was a shame, because it ruined the first song, but then like after that, it was like... It was like I come back of a vengeance. It was like they'd killed my family and burnt them in a house. And I was like, I was like a vigilante. I was like, I will find out who did it and I will yeah. get each I'll and every one of you. 
I was taking no one. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're all present. I was like, you're fucking. And I'm going to make you I'm making suffer. up for this now. Yeah. That last song, I'm going to go 1,000 times harder in the next song. So that might have been the secret that made your set so iconic. Yeah, yeah. Because he, his, burnt, his family burnt alive on song one. <laughs> <laughs> How do you bounce back from that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this suddenly got really dark. <laughs> the Wicker Man. The w- oh, I love that. That's sure. another great film. Oh, my God. It's an oh, amazing mate. film. The original, obviously, oh, not Nick Cage obviously. going. Not but the also, bees. The, the remake is very funny as well because, like, the bees, not the bees. <laughs> oh my eyes. So <laughs> I love Nick Cage. But I actually love him. He's so funny. I want him on the podcast, but yeah, I don't know what I'd do. Oh, hello. Uh, can I pretend Nick he's Cage. here? <laughs> Nick Cage, tell me how you got into acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, of course, since Carter. <laughs> Con Air, what an amazing <laughs> film. Cyrus the Virus, yeah. that is how you cast a villain. If yeah. you're listening, Hollywood, more people like that. We don't need Marvel films, we need Cyrus the Virus. Give him his own film. Look at you. Sorry, He's it's just this horrible man. It's a nasty man. Bloody hell. <laughs> All going off here today. <laughs> oh, good. So did you feel any pressure knowing that you were the first band on? Um, Was no. there like, oh my God, we need to set the tone for today and kick ass? Not really, I, I think... The thing is, we've done this so many times now. It's just like, it's for me, it's more of a stress of is my gear gonna all be right? Yeah. I'm really like, I'm really like OCD about stuff, so I'm like, I need to get on as quick as I can and make sure everything's working. So before we're playing, I'm always like, where's my leads? And that's just how I am. And then I set it up and I'm like, right, we're going. Legend. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? And that's just, I'm really like, I'm really like that. Do you know what I mean, I'm I really stress about my stuff. But when I'm like the actual show and the stage fright or anything like that like not at all like that's not really a so thing. the build up is the terrifying part yeah. once, you, then once you're equipment. ready to go it's like if fine. I had like techs I reckon I'd be like fine if I had like people like right we've got actual all guitar stuff. tech yeah I'd be like right okay I'm alright it's, it's just, in safe hands I, no I just get really stressed out about equipment I've had, I've had shit break on me loads of times and I know and just I get I'm weird about it even though like most of the time it works like 9 times out of 10 9.8 out of 10 it works I'm still like really funny about it well today prove that it's still 9.8 there's that point to of a string break in what a fucking I know on the main stage of the first on the first song uh, it's pretty funny isn't it but uh, you bounce back yeah but it made me, I was like like I said I was like I was on fire I was like no you're not taking this from me <laughs> and are you looking forward to the rest of the weekend bands like Frice Jimmy Eat World there's some amazing headliners oh. other bands playing and Leached as well uh, from so up much north. on and uh, who else is there? You've got a Pigs as well. Have you seen Pigs before? Never. Go is that watch pigs, them. pigs, 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 whatever it is? Yeah, they're, they're class. They're really cool band. Evie is. Evie is. Cats, like. One to watch. Yeah. What I do on this podcast, and it's the last question, it's nice and easy, is mm. I ask the guy that's been on the podcast or the guest to choose the outro song. So once our interview is all edited and wrapped up, you get to choose the song by any band, by any piece of music that you adore. What's the outro song on the spot that you want to choose today that follows our interview? Uh, let's do um, Dark Alice by Light Asylum. Nice. Any reason? Uh, they're a band from Brooklyn. I think they've got back together now as well because they went a bit quiet for a while. But um, that song is amazing. Like, they've got gr- loads of great songs, but that song is like, you put that on and you won't stop dancing. I'll tell you now. Light Asylum, Dark Alice. That's Enjoy. the one. Thank you for coming on, dude. It's a no pleasure. Worries. to Next, next time, come on and just talk John Carpenter films for an hour. Yeah, we'll do like a special. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good to me, dude. Thank you. Take care.
So there it is, my interview with me and Danny from one of the best British bands right now, Foxjaw. This band is a band that I urge you all to go and see live. If they're playing anywhere near you, anytime soon, you would be absolutely crazy to miss it. They just put on a performance that, even if you're not a fan of the music or the genre, you'll just be captivated, you'll be sucked in and just be absorbing their whole experience of them on stage. They're like nothing else, and I urge you, please, check them out, and if you love them, let me know, because I love hearing people discover bands because of this podcast. Up next, and this is the third and final band on the today's podcast, is the absolutely incredible American hardcore punk band, Stick To Your Guns. This was an interview that just went insane. There's a lot of film talk and so much more. And I think that Chris and George are some of the greatest people that I've ever interviewed. They're Californian legends and I'm so glad that they sat down with me and we just had an absolute blast. So let's just get to that interview now. Here's me and Chris and George from the amazing Stick To Your Guns. I'm here with Stick To Your Guns. Guys, welcome to the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. What I want to do today is let's break it right back to the early days. Tell me about that first album that each of you bought that made you fall in love with the bands that you listen to today. So start with me. Maybe you've got your pocket money or you, that first CD that you were like, this is fucking awesome. Well, hilariously, the first record that I purchased with my own money was the Titanic soundtrack. This is terrible start. It's this um, is terrible. So I like the honesty though. That didn't do it, but <laughs> that makes sense because then you're like, I want a life that is gonna sink. Oh he's got it. Crash and it, I'm gonna be in a punk band. I was seven years old and I recognized James Cameron's vision and I just thought that I needed to be a part of it. No, but seriously, uh, my family was like a music like a musical family, so I got handed a lot of records when I was a kid. I love so, it. Dookie was the first record that I ever heard when I was four. Right. And that was life-changing. This is crazy. So I've had three bands on today, and all of us have said Green Day. Some people showed their age and were like, American Idiot. But my first CD was Dookie. When I come around, she, uh, Basket, Basket case. case. I could not believe that three people made that much noise. It was incredible. Blew yeah. my mind. Fucking incredible. Josh? Sick. Um, fuck. See, the thing is, is I'm so old that I don't really remember what it was. <laughs> I remember as, as a kid, I had a Millie Vanilli tape, um, a Queen tape, and a Rush tape. That's it. Um, but the first like punk like stuff that I got into was um, Misfits. That, that's the that best was, foundations you the, can that ever get. That was the first thing. And that was because um, my mom took me to like a second hand store. I was in the fourth grade. Um, I don't, do you guys say fourth grade or grade four? Fourth grade's fine, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. We have a Canadian in our band, and he always says, grade four. Oh, we're okay. like, what's wrong with you? Fourth grade, we know what you mean, but we would say probably like year nine or whatever. It's okay, like, it's year weird. nine. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So um, I was in the fourth grade, and my mom took me to like a secondhand store, and I had $2, and she said I could buy whatever I wanted with that $2, and I found a shirt with a giant skull on it, which was the, the Crimson Ghost. 
Oh, and I just nice. didn't know what it was. It didn't say Misfits, but I bought it. And then an older kid in the neighborhood was like, oh, you like the Misfits? And I'm like, I don't know what the name fuck that is. Songs. Yeah, name three songs or beat your ass, yeah. you poser. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, so then I ended up, he gave me a Misfits tape. And then I was like, this is, this is cool. sick. Teenagers from Mars? Oh, this yeah. is awesome. And is that the point that you were like, I only want to be in a band for the rest of my life. I do not want to do anything else but play music. I, I will say for me, when I first saw Green Day, it was on the Warning Tour, and I was like 10. So, wow. you know, obviously not the most like explosive Green Day record, but for me, 10, my fucking brains were on the back of the wall by the end of the show. And that, for sure, I always tell my parents, if you ever wanted to stop me from wanting to be in a band, don't take me to that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I started playing guitar when I was around 12. And at that point, it was kind of like, well, what's the point of playing guitar if you're not going to play in a band? And by that time, I was completely like submerged into like, you know, punk music. So then I just started a band with my friends and still playing in a band with my friends. And how does it feel when we're sitting here? There was a moment when I thought, a band's ever going to actually fucking play a show again because of COVID. Two years of this festival being cancelled. Every gig ticket I had, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Incubus, everything was cancelled. But finally, we're sat here, the sun's out, and it's actually happening. We're here and bands are playing. Does it feel like you've now been let off this leash again to do what you love? Ironically, our first shows back were so anticlimactic. It was unbelievable. Because uh, we got into a room, we thought, oh, it's going to feel crazy. This is going to be amazing. Sat down, played the songs. Totally normal. As if tour ended yesterday, all the gear worked. It had been sitting in a trailer since the beginning of 2020. Totally fine. Got in the van. Van worked trailer worked got to the show played everything totally normal yeah it was even a thing where like the show was sold out we, a lot of us hadn't even seen each other because we live in different cities and then just like he said it was just so it was the most anticlimactic moment of my life <laughs> i'm building it all up I, you know you haven't played for so long you've got your instruments on the crowd are buzzing you walk on and it's just normal it's just the exact oh, same man. it was like we got off stage and we went there was never a pandemic <laughs> We, we played yesterday. We're like, what the fuck? Oh, but does it feel great to be here today? Looking at that poster, the lineup, some incredible bands, Fry's headlining, Jimmy Eat World. It must be incredible to be part of it and just to be back with a festival which feels like it's like a one big family. Yeah, I think coming to Europe especially was a big thing because um, we, in the States, everybody was kind of talking where it's like, man, if Europe festivals don't come back, then we know the world's doomed. And so it was like really cool. Like even leading up to this tour, we were like, any minute it's all gonna get canceled. Any minute it's all gonna get canceled. We get on the flight, we land, we're like, any minute it's all gonna get canceled. <laughs> get Start on playing stage. the shows, we're like, yeah. we're like, all right, next week it's gonna get canceled. And so the fact that we've been now on tour for almost eight weeks um, wow. is pretty, pretty wild for us. Are you guys exhausted? Did you forget how much energy you need and how many yeah, early yeah. nights you should be having? My brain is scrambled eggs right now. I'm just, I'm <laughs> You're holding up toast. well, I couldn't tell. Thanks. Well, it's, it's, we're on a high right now because um, we get dropped off at the Lund at Heathrow at 5 a.m. for our 1 wow. p.m. flight tomorrow. So we're, uh, we're really excited to see what's happening with all the luggage <laughs> and the long waiting lines and all of that. Yeah, a lot of cute shit going on. Have you guys um, kind of look on life changed because you weren't able to do shows? Do you now go on stage and have like this different vision of like, fuck, we need to put on the best shows ever because it could be taken from us at any point? Uh, actually, for me, it's kind of like the opposite. 
it's kind of like where I used to be so concerned with, are we playing everything perfectly? Okay, like, is the crowd really into this as much as we're into this? And now I'm just like, hey, happy to be here. You know, like... Let's just have fun. Like, if, if you're, whether you're jumping off the stage onto people's heads or if you're just sitting there bobbing your head, cool with me. If we're flubbing up parts, but we're having a good time, cool with me. Like, I don't give a shit. That's just, good. Just, just happy to be here. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. I feel like uh, once per set, I'll have like a little like existential or philosophical moment by myself where I'm like, sick. This rocks. Yeah. It's like just a little personal moment, just like note to self, like I'm very happy that I'm doing this again. Uh, and then the set goes on. And I think also at the same time, there was this thing that the pandemic created for a lot of people. And for me, this happened where it was, I was so connected to being a touring musician. Yep. And now I still am, but I also just had two and a half years of not doing that and I did other stuff. And so now it's like, oh, well, well, life can go on if something happens and I don't end up doing music, which is kind of a nice thing to do because a lot of times on tour and backstage, everyone's sitting around going, hey, what would you ever do if this all ended? You know, and everyone's like, uh, uh, I don't know. And now it's kind of like, oh, well, you can still survive. You can still figure out something to do. And there's plenty of other things. You know? So come on then, what would you do? Would you oh, make... I have no fucking clue. You got no fucking idea. <laughs> even with the time to think about it nah, and that you know, question. Even the, ti- even the time off, it was like, like I didn't do anything worthwhile. Like I could have, he, he was a smart one. He went to school and got a degree where wow. everyone else was like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go back on tour. Yeah. I was like, I was digging holes in a desert. And so like, he's, he, you know, he, he was, it's, you got the, you got a, two good examples here. But Someone that was what you should do and what you don't yeah. do. I, I will say though, it, Josh is like a Josh is like a bear bear grills type of guy. Like to me, you can just drop him in yep. the middle of the desert and he'll figure it out. And I feel like he thanks, did, George. I feel like you did during the pandemic. And you're another type of person to me, where <laughs> you can somehow cram eight years of college into a year and a half. <laughs> did you ever sleep? Uh, it was like a full-time job. I, I had a leg up because in America, we had, so I had an associate's degree, which is like your two-year degree. So I got that right when our, the record Diamond came out. Like I finished it up and I was like, oh, I'll never need this. The band's doing so well. Throw this fucking thing in the trash. Ten Fuck school. Later. 10 years <laughs> later, I'm like, holy shit, thank God I had that. So I, when I started, I had like two years done and then I just went straight into my undergrad courses. Um, so a little bit of a leg up, but. I, I can't not be distracted by the big Lebowski t-shirt. Yes. The Coen brothers are some of the best filmmakers of all time. Uh, I love that you're wearing this t-shirt with pride. Agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah, but what about this shirt? Is this Matrix? Yes. I love nice. it. But Rayon Matrix. I, it's, it's a nice little contrast. Independent filmmakers building themselves and then the big franchise that Well, just became a big franchise but started as independent filmmakers. Yes. Yeah, yeah fair. But the little engine that could. I've not um, even seen the latest one. Oh, it's fucking phenomenal. Don't talk to me about it, though. I'm not the person to talk to about I've it. I've never heard anyone say it's no, phenomenal. No, but, like, I want to start, like, a cult for Matrix Reloaded, the second sequel. So, I'm... He's the yeah. wrong guy to talk to about I'm, the new one. I'm cracked out of my fucking mind. I would literally commit... Uh, I would do things for the Wachowskis that are illegal, so... Incredible. Yeah. That's passion. I, I would blow up a bank for the Wachowskis, so... Are you as much of a film fan, or are you not as... Yeah, a, I love it. What's your films? Talk to me. Are we doing top five? What's your top five? Oh my god. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, we were just talking about The Thing. One of the greatest horrors of all time. 
Almost Famous, Cameron Crowe, just getting the best soundtrack and the best performance for you're Penny two, Lane. You're two for two. Uh, Jaws is my favourite film ever made. Okay. Jaws, uh, The phenomenal. direction. Three for three. Jurassic Park, I think the use of practical effects that Spielberg did back then is yep. still looks like it's done today. And Fargo. I mean, Coen Brothers just show I'll, how it's done. I'll go, to the, I'll go to the movies with you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Tell me yours. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do True Romance. Oh, God. What a, how do you start on that? I'm going to wow. do... Cinema Paradiso. That's an amazing masterpiece. Um, I'm going to do... You see, he's gone too much or too oh, soon. Oh, oh, True oh, Romance, Terminator straight two. away. Terminator 2. Oh, God. What, a, what a sequel. Two. That's how to do a sequel. That's the greatest sequel that's ever made. Uh, it's Ma a standalone Maverick. film. Maverick is up there. Oh, I, oh, I okay. You know what? I agree, and I'm going to say something that might be a hot take. Maverick, I like it better than Top Gun. Me too. Agreed. Maybe it's because and it's so fresh, thing. but and here's it was the amazing. I understand that Maverick can't stand on its own without Top Gun because there's so much emotion connected to it. But Maverick is the perfect summer blockbuster. Yep. Yeah, Tom Cruise has saved cinema. He got people to he's go the back. He's the last a, he's a, he's movie the man. star. He's the man. He's the last movie star. You know what? Maybe the only movie star. In my right mind. now, he's the one doing it and Mission Impossible and just... Going that extra mile. If you look through mine and his text conversation, it's mostly just Tom Cruise <laughs> information. It's unbelievable. You got two more choices, I think. Oh, fuck. I mean, Terminator 2. That's how to do a sequel. My, unbelievable. my problem is it always depends on like what kind of mood I'm in. That's you know? fair. You know, I'm just going to stick with those three. Okay. Now, here it comes the big guns. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Masterpiece. Big Lebowski. It's... Get yourself a white Russian, sit there in a fucking coat, and just enjoy it. The Matrix? Mm, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Who framed Roger Rabbit? Right. I still don't know how that was made in the 80s. I, I know. don't get my head around how they did the animation it's and the real art. I don't know. Insane. Sorcery. Uh, and then number five, controversial choice, uh, Speed Racer. That was the first disc I bought that was 3D where I was like visionary, like, oh my god, like this does this is a demo disc for A V equipment. Yeah. Like wow. Closest I'll ever feel to doing drugs. Wow. Yeah. Let's just talk films. Do you yeah, know what I mean? We don't need yeah. to talk oh, about music. Let's go. Yeah. Amazing. What's one of the films you hate? I know we'll end on a, a, a negative one, but what's a film that you just do not love? Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers and the Lighthouse. I've never seen The Lighthouse. It just looks I'm, pretentious. I'm it is. It's so pretentious that at points, I thought I was watching an SNL skit. Yep. It was like two actors, literally a scene where they're farting. Yep. And they're like out acting, farting each other. And I was I like, love this, this is trash. Um, recent, on this tour, we watched uh, Maverick, Men, and... Men's supposed to be a fucked up ending. I've not seen it yet. People yeah, are like, it's, it's fucking weird. Yeah, it is, it's very weird. And I love Annihilation. It's an, an oh, absolute great. masterpiece. Yep. So I don't know if I'm going to tarnish it by watching something that's weird. Um, there's something else that we saw. Uh, I don't know. It's just been too long. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah. That's fine. I don't know. Let's do our final question, right? What we get to do on this podcast is you get to choose the outro piece of music. It can be any song by any band that you love. There's two of you here today, so we might have to have a fight. We might have to kick off and get it down to one choice. But if each of you on the spot was chosen to choose the outro piece of music for today's interview, what song do you choose? Uh, Highway to the Danger Zone. Oh my God, that's incredible. The most 80s sounding synths. You've got that beat to start with. That's a hell, what, how do you top that? The, the theme song to Benny Hill. 
Shall I try and splice the two together? Yeah, yeah. Boom. Do that. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know how we're going to do this, but that's I don't. That's how we go out on this episode. I love it. Thank you guys. Thanks so much. Also, I need to say that one time I had a side project called Me and Mark. My God. I've only done it because this is a spoof on Mac and Me, the oh, 80s film. Yo, I know Mac and Me. Yeah, oh, which is the film clip. that E.T. tried to be. Yeah. Yep. And this is it. So it's Mark and Me instead of Mac and Me. That's the, me and Mark. This is insane. Don't sue me, please. No, you should check out Me and Mark. They're great. Yeah. Oh, me and Mark. Mac and this Me. Is <laughs> You've agreed to come on a podcast where it's I all based love on it. Mac and me. You know what? Buy yourself some Happy McDonald's, drink Coke, eat Skittles, and watch that wheelchair go over into the water and Mac just pop his head up. A masterpiece. Fuck yeah. Thank you, guys. That's my number four. Thank you. there's my interview with me chris and george from stick to your guns and i guarantee you'll now have the benny hill theme tune in your head for the rest of the day so thanks guys for that really appreciate it but genuinely how much fun was that interview it completely went off topic we ended up talking about films and i think i could honestly have those guys on this podcast and do a movie special for about three or four hours they were so much fun and even after the interview, I still had the guys coming up to me a bit later on in the day going, oh, can I change my choice of film? And I think I've got a fourth choice now. They're just amazing people and an amazing band. And if you've never checked them out, please do. Not only are they one of the best live bands I saw at 2000 Trees, they're just one of the best bands out there. So I think that brings us to the end of the first in a four-part special for 2000 Trees Festival. Today, we've had the amazing Can't Swim, Fox Jaw, and we've just listened to Stick To Your Guns, three bands that absolutely blew me away, and please go and check them all out. You will not regret it. The next part of these specials are going to have three brand new bands for you to check out, and the interviews are honestly amazing. So that will be with you very, very soon, and stay tuned on all my social media channels to find out when that drops. The best way to find out about the Mark and Me podcast is to go on the official website. It's markandme.com. On there, there's links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you've enjoyed today's interviews with these three amazing bands, why not just share it on your own Facebook, Twitter or Instagram? It's really simple and costs you absolutely nothing and is literally the click of a few buttons or just a few taps of the thumb on your phone. But it makes a massive difference to Mark and me. All the links are on markandme.com. Please, if you've enjoyed today's episode, go onto your Twitter and just retweet the episode. Go onto Facebook and share it. Or if you're on Instagram, just share it on your stories. It's a huge way of promoting Mark and Me. And if this is the first time you've listened to Mark and Me, welcome aboard. If you really want to support the podcast as well, I do have a Patreon page. And this Patreon page allows me to do things like the 2000 Trees Festival. It allows me to travel the country and record episodes for you guys at home. Interview all these amazing people and I make no money from it. It's purely for the love of the podcast. And what I do is I invest every penny that comes on Patreon right back into the podcast that allows me to go out there and basically get more and more episodes for you guys. I want to say a massive thanks for all the amazing bands that have been on today. And as I've said, this is only the first part in four specials celebrating the absolutely amazing 2000 Trees. And as you're listening to this right now, the tickets have gone on sale for 2023. 
and I promise you will have the best time of your life at this festival. And next year, I think it's going to be even bigger and better, and I can't wait to go back. But in the meantime, I'll be back with the second part of this four-part special real soon. So until then, look after yourself, take care, and I'll speak to you all very soon. <laughs>